Guys, if you're a fan of the Sly Guy podcast and you want to get bonus content, you want to get bonus podcasts, you want to get the extra Sly Guy podcast, you want to get Dog Walks with Davey, you want to get the weekly guest episode, which is out every Friday, and now you want to get access to sort of behind-the-scenes footage, vlogs, other things, head to patreon.com forward slash Sly Guy podcast. That's patreon.com forward slash Sly Guy podcast. Say it with me, patreon.com forward slash Sly Guy podcast whereas for as little as two pounds you can get access to all my shit check it out we've got patreon guys it's the last time i'm plugging the ulster hall show because this time next week it'll be done it'll be over the slog is finished and what will be will be kesara sir fucking ah but if you're listening to this on thursday Friday or Saturday. So if you're listening to this on the 10th of September, the 9th or the 8th, get in the link in this bio and please buy the last of the tickets. I would, I would, I would, I don't know what I would do. See if 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 it sold out. Jesus in heaven, I Lord knows what I would do. I, I think at this point I would suggest what I should. If it sells out, suggest what I should do because I do if, like fucking you name it, I'll do it because I would love it that much. But it, hey, get tickets anyway. It'll be a good time. And then from next week, we'll just have the Patreon read. I'm modest. What is the, what's the point in subscribing to the Patreon to get the ad-free episodes after next week? Because you'll not be doing this. But follow the link in the bio. I hope you come to the show and hope you enjoy it. And yeah, that's the worst read I've done for the Ulster Hall show because it just is. But it's the last one. We're getting there. Come on. The Sly Guy podcast is brought to you by modest beer it always is and always will be www.modestbeer.co.uk get the beer get the merch follow them on social media at modest beer enjoy the podcast i'm the slack guy guys girls people who do not identify as those terms welcome to your favorite solo podcast the sly guy podcast with me Mm-hmm. Say it with me. Yes, Dave Elliott, it is I. Welcome to the podcast. I am too hot. And I don't mean sexy. And so some people might think I'm sexy, probably gay men with bare fetishes. Majority of people don't think I'm sexy. I'm not hot sexy. I think sometimes I'm feeling myself, sometimes I'm hot. This time, I'm just hot. You know, I am hotter than the devil's dick in a heat wave. I'm not feeling too comfortable in this space. I don't know why it is so warm. So again, for those that have been DMing me going, Dave, you sweat a lot. I do my podcast in the sauna. Shut up, okay? But welcome. Welcome to the podcast. I hope everybody is, I hope everyone's in good spirits. You know, I want to say just off the top, I'm not going to talk about this very much. I'm just going to nip it in the bud right at the beginning. And I just want to say to everybody who reached out to me in the last week, sent me a message, you know, um, whether they listened to last week's podcast that I did with Willie and felt like I needed a, a metaphorical arm around the shoulder, you know, needed a wee hypothetical arm around the shoulder, not metaphor, you know, a hypothetical arm around the shoulder. And they said, listen, Dave, keep trucking, brother. I respect that. And to those who messaged me to say, listen, we like what you're talking about. It made us feel good. I'm glad. Because last week's episode, I was a big, 
miserable guy. Wasn't in a good headspace last week. Really, really had to crank down on my own, I don't know, I don't know, is it an, impo- an imposter syndrome thing? Like a, a real anxiety thing? I was just really struggling with everything last week. I'd have, but I'd actually, I think it was the worst week I have had in terms of my bonds since I've been a full-time comedian for a lot of other things. Definitely questioning myself a lot, questioning, you know, should I be doing this? Am I good enough to do this? You know, and it was, um, it was a problem. And again, I do believe it all kind of has stemmed from, I just had a shocking gig last week, like really bad. Well, you know when you just want the ground to swallow you up, nobody's listening to a word to say. They don't quite get what you're saying. They hate you. And I just couldn't win it around. It was like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. You'd be pleased to know I've been gigging since then and it's gone well. So that has restored some of my faith, not only in myself, but in what I'm doing. So that's good. That's positive. And I was kind of just decided with regards to other things like sh- like the Work in Progress shows or the Ulster Hall show. What will be will be. You know, it's a very late in the day to say that, you know, we're going to sell it out, which whenever I booked the show, that was my target. I'll be honest, that was my sole objective for this year's show was to just let's sell it out. We didn't quite make it last year. Let's do it this year. And I don't think that's going to happen. Now, if some there's some miracle happens this week and it does, great but that was my goal at the very start of booking this i thought you know you need to see progression that's part of that's part of life you know if you want to if you want to do anything there's no point in standing still or digressing you have to always be progressing otherwise you're wasting time and i don't know if i've said this before in the podcast what annoys me more than anything in the world is when i waste my time for example when i recorded the introduction to this podcast 10 minutes ago and I was just so sweaty because I was stressed out about setting up the studio whether or not the camera was in focus which here's the thing I don't know if it is fingers crossed it is for those watching because what has been happening is I've been setting up the camera to do the podcast there's some sort of weird function on it so it auto functions and it changes when I set it it changes and then it melts my head and I've done our content and I get stressed out but you'll be pleased to know I've given less of a fuck about that sort of thing now and I'm just freewheeling into my week of shows and I am excited you know I think after last week's um, I guess we could call it on, on air potential bit of a podcast breakdown hey took a wee step back and focused on what's important in life and that you know you know what that is guys having a good time and last week I had a good week I had an enjoyable week I spent some time with my wife, we went out to a concert, we went to see Snow Patrol and Banger, and whenever that was happening, I was sort of thinking, I'll go and watch the concert, and then we'll go home, you know, we'll go see the concert, go home, nice, then as I got closer, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to have a drink, and you might know this again, if you listen to the podcast regularly, you may be aware that um, I do talk about not drinking that much. I'm not against drinking. I enjoy when I do drink. I love to drink, I'll be honest. But unfortunately for me, God or whoever you believe or just, I don't know, science or nature, whatever you believe has it in for me when it comes to hangovers. I cannot cope with being hungover around my kids. They have no respect. They are insatiable and they are the two. They they, they scream in sync 
and I mean like they scream at the same time. They don't just scream ba ba ba. They're like they scream and it's just my head couldn't cope with it. I think. And more often than not, I'm saying I can deal with this, so I'll not drink. When at the Snow Patrol concert, I just thought, you know what? What little hair daddy has is getting let down. I'm going out. I'm not worrying about tomorrow. I'm going to live in the moment and I'm going to have a good time. And guess what, guys? I had a good time. We went out. We walked from the house down into Bangor on the, on the night of show. Now, for those of you who don't know, um, Snow Patrol's lead singer, Gary Lightbody, has been given the freedom of the city of Bangor, which is my new goal. Now, it was to sell out the Ulster Hall, failed in that goal. This goal is they get the freedom of Bangor eventually. So you're hearing it here first. Let's do it. Let's get me the freedom of Bangor because I love Bangor and they love me, I hope, right? So it was just a great time. It was like, you know what? They're playing in Bangor. And what I like about Snow Patrol is their music and also the fact that they just put on gigs in pretty cool places in Bangor, which what's good about that is it's local to me. So I don't have to pay a taxi. I can walk home. Do you know what I mean? I can do that. It's great. And they put on a gig at the, down at the, the, the waterfront and it was just great. You know, just down, 20 minute walk from the gaff, head on down, couple of drinks, good time. You know, and it was a nice atmosphere. The The vibe about the place was pretty good. Now, I'm, I'm talking of this. I had um, TikTok star Gidey on my guest podcast that'll be out this week. And he's, you know, he's taught me some phrases. And he's told me, listen, it was a vibe. And Snow Patrol was a vibe. The whole atmosphere was good. Everyone just had a great time. And it was a great concert. So whenever we headed down... Um, we stopped in at a couple of bars on the way, had a few pints. I was just getting, just getting the pints into me, and I don't know what it was. I I don't know if anyone get else gets this, but whenever, like, I can go out for like one or like when I say a pint, I mean I would sooner go out and just drink water at a bar or a coffee than I would just have one beer. But I was feeling I was feeling good on Wednesday night. I'll be honest and. I had one or two beers in this first bar and then I had a couple other beers in another bar and then I thought, you know, fuck it, we're on holidays and that's what I just kept saying. It doesn't mean, I w- it's totally a lie. Fully had the kids the next day but I just kept saying I'm on holidays because I was taking a day off work. I was like, fuck it, we're on holidays, let's just fucking give it stack. So then I got a shot. My wife wasn't too keen on the shot but at this point I was like, hey, this is what's happening, we're going to have a good time. We headed down to the concert, I was just getting more and more drinks. And then they came to a point where she was like, I don't want to drink any more cider. And I was like, don't worry, I've already ordered you two. I've got two, there's four ciders here. And she said, you're going to have to drink them by yourself. Usually I'd be like, nah, bend it off. It's all good. On Wednesday, we had the fun time party, Davey. And I was like, nah, fuck it, I will drink these. So I was just drinking pints upon pints. I remember speaking to loads of people, but not remembering anything that I've said. Do you ever have nights like that where you're like, you have wee weird flashbacks of people you've not seen in years and you're like, oh fuck, I haven't seen them in about 10 years. What have I said? No clue at all. Not at all. So the concert itself was great. I ended up obviously bloodered. I was at a real taste for it. I was really, really, uh, really thirsty and I went to get another four pints. But again, she wasn't drinking. So just four pints for me because it was on my holidays. And I got up to the bar and there's a barmaid working there because that's where barmaids usually um, frequent. And she said to me, she was like, oh, the bar's shut. And I was like, I was just about to start wrecking the place. And I said, the bar's closed, but I would like like a drink. And she went, 
well the bar's closed and I went but I really like a drink and she went okay don't say a word shut the door baby don't say sh-. but then um, she said if it just so happens that a pint of beer cider whatever lands in front of you I'm not going to say it's for the bin so so that wee legend gave me a pint of cider she hooked me up she sorted me out and gave me potentially eight or nine gave me my eight or ninth pint past the point of where I should have stopped drinking so she just gave me the icing on the cake and then we got now this is it the next day right so we'll fast forward so the end of the gig we left the gig I don't know Mm-hmm. we did we went to we went to try to go this is our day we went to try and go to what I guess you could call a nightclub I don't know if it is a nightclub or it's just a bar but I mean like it's not like a pub it's a bar so we went in this bar it was too full I was like listen I'm in the mood to party let's all fucking party headed into this bar instantly was like not in the mood to party anymore let's rock went back to the pub we started had one more drink. I think Catherine had like a fucking water or something and, and a panic attack. It's like, I don't know how to control this wild party guy. But it was a lot of fun. And then we got ourselves home. Uh, the next day, we woke up and I must be honest and say, never have I felt worse in my life, ever. I was absolutely dying. Like, you know when you wake up and you feel like somebody's just been... Somebody's just been squeezing your head, but their their mouth's also a hairdryer. So they've just been squeezing your head and just breathing, just hairdryer into your face and just drying your whole face, but whilst crushing your head. That's what I felt like in the morning. And then the baby was just screaming. I was like, this is a bad combination of everything. And then we were doing sort of the breakdown of the night in bed. Catherine was like, you were in great form last night. And I was like, yes, good, happy days. That's at least one, you know, thing to relax about. That's, fuck, I, I, you know, because you could, when you get that ham- hammered, you can potentially, potentially, you can potentially not be able to speak, but you can potentially go to that next level of where, where you, you go past being sound and you just turn into a total prick. And I was at the stage of having no recollection of that. And then I remember saying to her, how do we home? We walk home. She's like, nah, your sister came and got us. And I was like, oh no. What's weird about that, right? My sister lives in London. So I don't know why she was there or for what reason. Um, but she was there, brought us home. So in my wee hungover head, I couldn't fathom why she was in the country. And then obviously it was because Holly started school last week and she was just there, there for that. But in my hungover state, I was like, did, did did we wait until she flew? Did she fly over here to bring me home? Was I in that bad of state? And then she was like, "No, you fucking idiot." She was already home. I was like, "Oh, thank God for that." Because I would have felt guilty. See, if I'd have forced her to get, up. I was like, "Listen, you need to fly here. I'm gonna fucking not make it. I'm gonna fucking. If you don't come home here, I'm not fucking gonna make it." And she's like. Not going to make it. Shit, like, let's get the first flight. Get over there. I don't know what he's doing. I listened to his podcast last week with Willie. I don't know what he's up to now. The guy's fucking lost his head. And then, you know, I'm not going to make it 
not going to make it. Where? Not going to make it home. It's like, you're literally 10 minutes from home, you know? So I'm glad she was in the country and gave me a lift home. Next to that, she's like, also, do you remember doing press-ups in front of my mum? Now, I'm 35. I'm a guy who's only just rediscovering his body. I sound like a little... I sound like a teenager who's just discovered his dick for the first time. I am a man who's just discovering his body. And I'm just discovering my, my, my physical... Um, athleticism again, having been just grossly out of any kind of practice of physical activity for a long time. So in the last number of weeks, I've been exercising a lot more. I'm feeling better. I'm working out a bit more. And for some reason, um, and again, this is the problem too, I have actually zero recollection of this. So th- there is a possibility that Catherine could have just got in cahoots with her mum and just decided just to totally mug me. And make a dick of me, which I would, I would, I would appreciate in some regards, but also, you know, she was like, "Yeah, you did press in front of my mum." I was like, "Oh no, that doesn't get much more embarrassing." Like, in what context did I just say to her, "Do you want to see me do press ups?" And she went, "No." And I went, "Well, that's good. At least I didn't just say, do you want to see me do press ups?'" She went, "No, no." You um called her into the living room, and I was like, "Oh no, what have I done?" You got on the floor, um, you called the dog, and you told her watch how I hug my dog on the ground and then proceeded to just hug your dog on the ground and then after that you made her pick a number between 1 and 20 and she picked the number 18 and then you proceeded to do 18 press-ups and I was like 18 press-ups pretty decent you know I was like I'm not so embarrassed because no you get the 17 and then you kind of get up so you did sort of flake a bit and I was like ah fuck that but I don't think I've done press-ups in front of anyone since I've maybe been 18 and thought that was cool at the time. You know, whenever you're you're back in the age where you just, you know, your wee balls and all aren't, they're, they're not developed. Your wee balls and your wee brains aren't developed and you think, oh, people just love to, you know what girls love? Seeing guys doing press-ups oh, and pull-ups and all. I never did them, but, you know, oh, whereas now it's like, that's that's the worst. You should be scundered by that. And I am. So I was doing press-ups. I was necking pints, I was having a good time, and then all day Thursday, worst day of my life, proceeded to remain hungover for the, a, a day after. I had a full two-day hangover. Um, that then was when I was, as I was getting out of my hangover, right, I thought things were sort of on the up again. You know, I've been through a lot of troughs. I thought I'm due a peak. I'm peaking again. And then... I just got really stressed out, like super stressed out again, because I got to bed on Friday night again with the double day hangover. Just thought, go to bed early. I think it was about nine o'clock. I went to bed, woke up the next day. Oh, in fact, no, that's what it was. Jesus, I was doing a gig on Saturday night, right? And the venue, which was a, a hotel that we will discuss, had got in touch with me. And I, when I say months ago, I'm talking like probably fuck, probably six seven months ago like a long time ago to book the date for the show it's a new it was a new hotel it was it's called the cedar country hotel and it's just outside newton stewart which is just outside oma right so the owners got in touch said they said this is not what they said but this is for the sake of the story they said we enjoy what it is that you do <laughs> we have a keen interest in seeing what sort of witchcraft you can purvey. And we would be interested for you to arrange some sort of exhibit of your brand of entertainment for us. And I said, sure. 
booked the lineup, all good. Was set up a WhatsApp group because I'm 35 for the 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 guys because basically it's it's a far out gig, you know. It's and it's not for Bill and Ted, but it's a distance away. So I wanted to just say, listen, guys, this gig's you know far away for a lot of us. Since I organised it, I'll drive. You can all hop in with me. We'll have a we'll have a road trip. You know, we'll shoot the shit. We'll have a good time. Obviously, I'll vlog it because I'm a content creator now. And I did, and it's over on Patreon. But I said that to four four acts, right? Four, well, three, me and three others, right? And instantly, one of the acts who was supposed to be headlining was like, "I've double booked," and my first response was, "One of if I was in, like, if we were in the same company in that moment, I think I might have." you know, punched him right in the face because it was fucking me so hard. Like, so hard. And I was like, okay, let's see if we can get a replacement. And this is on Thursday. Bear in mind the gig's on Friday. And this has been arranged for like seven months. So my way hungover state, I just started getting really anxious because this is my go-to emotion at the minute. If something happens, I get this like anxiety and it just hangs on me for like about at least an hour. And then I'm just panicking for like an uncontrollable length of time. Um, so this stressed me out and then I thought okay that's all good one of the other acts was like I'm feeling under the weather now this act I will say real genuine person big fan of this person as a person and as an act and they were like listen I don't feel good and that that happens sometimes in life you can go alright don't worry about it so that's all good Friday I've got a replacement in for the one that can't do it great replacement more than happy right go to bed on Friday night nine o'clock because I'm on the two day hangover because I love Snow Patrol and I love Gary Lightbody right and I think the world's the better place the week's been good I've had a nice time I've let my hair down I'm feeling good back to work on Saturday you know no stress let's go wake up on Saturday morning text man I'm sorry I can't do the gig something's come up and I can't get out of it that was the replacement act and I was like oh no then the actor was there from the start still ill it's been like listen can I see if I'm okay not okay in the morning so I then had already told the venue we've got a replacement for this person don't worry but now I had to find a whole and like I couldn't find a replacement to act until the afternoon and I, I, I saw this from the moment I woke up so from the moment I woke up until the afternoon about one o'clock it was about one o'clock I was just having a full fucking panic attack all day and it was horrendous but then thankfully we got there I had to leave at half four because it was so far away so um, by that stage I was just in a real state of trepidation you know I was thinking oh fuck we're going to have another absolute nightmare gig like we did the week before now here's the thing usually I don't mind if I eat shit which happens sometimes you deal with it you get back on stage, you get back up on the horse, so to speak, you plow on. But last week, I just, it was so long between gigs and a lot going on. I was just having a real, like, just a real existential crisis, you know? I was just having a real fucking breakdown. And then on the way to this gig, I started thinking, what if this is shit again, too? And I've just been getting certain mad anxiety. I'm like, what if, what if this is the worst moment of all time? And didn't say that to the other acts, like, because, I mean, that would be counterproductive. But I was panicking, and then thankfully we got to this venue, which 
I want to tell you a bit about it. This is not an ad, by the way, or a sponsor thing. But in terms of a hotel, the Cedar Country Hotel was absolutely beautiful. Like right out in the middle of nowhere. It's on Pastoma outside Newton Stewart. It's in the middle of a forest. I'm going to say it's called Turlock Forest. That's probably wrong. Probably just made that up. But it's something like that. There's definitely a tea involved somewhere. But this hotel is like a small boutique hotel. It's run by uh, a pair of sisters, which, I mean, instantly I'm into. I mean, that sounded really creepy. Instantly I'm into a pair of sisters. But as a guy who's a dad of a pair of sisters, you know what I mean? I'm like, I like this. I like the family element of it. Um, when I got there, they told me, they were like, yeah, that we, we took this over just before COVID kicked in. So my heart just, I was like, oh no, it's so bad. But then you could see they'd done such a fucking great job with it. And the hotel was just beautiful. Inside it was gorgeous. The decor was great. Um, the food smelled amazing. I didn't get any food because I'm still trying to lose weight. But, I mean, I was tempted to just, you know, get stuck in. And it was great. They had a jacuzzi and a sauna, which is one of the prerequisites of anything that I'll ever agree to do now. It's like, you've got to have a sauna. Um, you've got to have a... You've got to have a, a jacuzzi. And I, you know, I mean, you need, it's, I'm like meatloaf. Two out of three ain't bad. You also need to have a glory hole. They didn't have any glory holes, to my knowledge. But like I said, two out of three ain't bad. It was just a great spot. And it was one of those spots where I was like, I hope the gig goes well because I would like to come back here when I'm letting my hair down again. You know, I would like to come back here when I'm having a night of leisure. You know, I'd like to come here out of the way with no kids relax for a bit, have a bite to eat, have a drink at the bar, just sit at the bar, there's some live music after the gig as well, just sit at the bar, by the fire, have some pints of Guinness, and then just sleep in silence with the sound of trees. That was great. So the hotel itself was brilliant. The gig was lovely, you know, and it was just such a relief for me because that's another thing, obviously, at the minute, um... With with being being full time, I I've gone into it like two feet first, you know, like I want to take on any gig I can get, you know, um, and do whatever I can do. But some of these gigs aren't good. Like some gigs, they don't have the right setup. You know, some gigs they don't have the right tech. They don't have the right, you know, it's just not run well, and it's always a bit of a struggle. Whereas this was just a fucking delight. You know, they had a great space. Um, the tables were were well spread out. The room was very big, you know, that was maybe the only. If there was one critique was the room, the high ceilings, but people were crammed in, having a good time. It was great fun. And I hope that that gig will happen again. And, and if it doesn't, I will be there as a punter because it was a beautiful hotel. So check out their website. Um, I'll actually put it in the description because it's worth looking at, you know. It's worth looking at. Read the wee TripAdvisor uh, reviews and everything. And, you know, if you are, are a patron, you'll check out the vlog. I've done like a wee vlog of it too because it was just fucking great. So that was a nice time and it gave me like, you know, it gave me a wee bit of um, positivity into me again because it's, I think I got, if I have a shit gig, the first thing I want to do is like get right back on stage and gig again to try to, um, to try to like, you know, get over it. Basically, that's my kind of go-to is like, let's just go get over it and 
you know, get get back to the being, you know, having good gigs again. And then because it was a whole week, I just was in my head about how how stressful gigs were. And and thankfully, Saturday has given me good confidence going into, you know, the biggest week of, of my gigs all year because it's my own fucking solo show. So, yeah, I'm feeling much more confident now. I'm looking forward to the work in progress shows. I still need to figure out the running order exactly of where everything's going to go and, and what it'll look like. But I'm excited about it. You know, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling excited. And I'm much more positive about the world. So, you know, that's all you need to do, guys, sometimes to feel better about life is get absolutely fucking shit-faced and take yourself off to the middle of the fucking country. Go to the wilderness, get absolutely shit-faced, get a three-day hangover, and then just go and hang around with nature for a bit. That's all you need. Speaking of nature, again, I mugged myself hard this morning and um, because after that gig, I was got home, obviously it's far away, got home after one last night, set my alarm for six to get up and walk the dog. Woke, woke up, to be fair, quarter past six, I just let my alarm just ring for 15 solid minutes, which is totally sly when you've got young kids and a wife who who, who works early early hours in the hospital for the NHS. Uh, fucking boring. And um, I got up and walked them, but when, do you ever just wake up and like, you can literally hear the wind, but just fucking annihilate in your window, the wind and rain. I was like, well, this is going to be a day from hell. I may as well get it out and get it over with. So I snuck up where everyone was asleep. Stuck on a pair of tracks at bottoms. Like, I'm a shorts guy. I wear shorts. The only time I don't wear shorts is when I do stand-up, probably. Um, so I, I normally wear the shorts. I had to put the tracks at bottoms on today. I had to put a fleece on. had to put waterproofs on. Couldn't find a woolen hat, just wore a pig cap, but I headed out into the into the wild and it was a cold, stormy morning. And I took the dog on a big walk and at one point I was sort of heading on the road home after about an hour of just walking in this just fucking bitter weather. And I was just I could just feel liquid running down my face. I didn't know whether it was tears, sweat, rain, sea, very salty, whatever it was. But at that point, I just, I just feel it spittle, maybe. Just going down my face. I'm like, this is absolutely fucking horrendous. Got in. Got all my wet clothes off. Put my shorts back on. And a t-shirt and flip-flops. Just kick about the house. And then, the like, like the fucking sea for Noah. Moses. Same guys. Moses. The clouds just parted. And the sun came out. And it was just an absolutely fucking gorgeous day. So... That was it. Went swimming with the girls. Had a nice time. And now I feel fresh and ready to, ready to work this week. You know? And this is why we're getting the podcast today. On a Sunday. Just for a little change. Just a little bit outside the box. Because this is the thinking of us. But, you know, I am hoping everybody is having as nice a time as me. And, um, you know, are... You know, I hope you are... I hope you're feeling just great. You know, I do hope that because um, I know what it was like last week when I was just fucking hating every minute of the day. It's not good. So, you know, if I could say anything to anybody to, from where I am in my own head now than it was last week, you know, you can ride out the storm. Today was a metaphor, wasn't it? It's not a metaphor or a simile. Today was a... It was just a, a lesson, we'll say, because my brain's not fully working. I'm tired. But today was a lesson that, you know, you plow through a storm, the sun will shine again. 
and that's how I feel this week. I'm picking myself up. I'll be totally honest, I'm still not entirely buzzing. I'm not feeling amazing, but I'm on the up. You know, I'm I'm definitely I'm not at the at the bottom of the cliff here. I'm right I'm I'm back hanging up in the middle somewhere. I did have a cry today, I will point that out. I cried. But we're on the up. Not just like a, a random cry. I, I just I did I cried. But the reason why I cried was because I watched um some of the Taylor Hawkins tribute concert and I watched his son playing the drums with Foo Fighters and it made me cry. Because that's the thing, right? See anything I ever I see now that involves kids? Oh, oh no! Everything I anything I see now that involves kids and parents, I kind of just associate that to my own situation. And you know, I had the thought that if I die, you know, imagine Holly filling in for me with bits and pieces at the Ulster Hall next Saturday. She couldn't do it because she's not funny. Like it'd be shit. But you know, I I would like. The idea of that, you know, and I was just watching his son going, I just want to hug you, me man. And I'm not, not, not in a pervy way, just fucking come here. And it made me cry, you know, it's like, it's just sad. It's fucking sad. Taylor Hawkins was a great drummer as well. It's fucking, it's so shit. But that made me cry. And then once I got the cry to me, I felt good, you know. And then I read a story about Nirvana, actually, which I'll, which I'll share with you. Uh, I think we spoke about this before many moons ago. But the little boy... You know, the little baby um, from the Nevermind album cover had sued Nirvana, but Nirvana won the lawsuit. So let, this is the story. So Nirvana won the lawsuit over 1991 Nevermind album cover. A US judge has dismissed the man's latest lawsuit against Nirvana over the band's iconic 1991 album cover, which showed him naked as a baby. Spencer Eldon, sounds like a prick, said his appearance on the front of the Nevermind record constituted child sexual abuse. But the judge said he had left it too late to claim he had been exploited. Mr. Eldon's legal avenues are now all but exhausted as he cannot refile the case. Though his legal team told the US media they'd appeal the ruling. The lawsuit focused on a photograph of Mr. Eldon which depicted him swimming naked in a pool towards a dollar bill pierced in the fish hook. He argued that he'd been unable to consent to the picture being used and was seeking $150,000 in damages. Um, the photographer who took the photo, Kirk Weedle, which I mean, or Weddle, not Weedle. Kirk Weedle does sound like the kind of guy who would take pictures of children's dicks, but um, Kirk Weddle does not. Um, was among the defendants, as were former Nirvana members Dave Grohl and Chris Novoselic, as well as Courtney Love, the widow of Kirk Cobain. So this kid's just been like, listen, I know you're going through a wee bit here, Dave, at the minute, I know you're upset, but throw throw me up some, some dollar, baby. Give me some Skrilla. You know, baby needs some Skrilla. Baby needs some tit, some money tit. Um... He filed the case in 2021 arguing that he was still within his rights to complain about the, the decades-old image because it had continued to cause him distress and lost earnings in adulthood. Camera cut off for some reason. There's a ghost in here. But yeah, he said lost earnings. So I don't know what earnings he's going to lose based on the fact that he's a naked baby. Like, I don't know what jobs he's going into now being like, listen... Do you, do you want do you want this job? Would you like to do, would you like to be a receptionist? And he's like yeah yeah. I'd be very keen to be a receptionist for this fire station. Very very open to job. Love firefighting. Love you know receptioning. Um, okay, so let me just go through a few things. Um, for you. do you have your do you have key stage three in computer um, typing? Yeah, absolutely. I've got that. Do you have um, 
a degree level qualification. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Um, and I just need to double check. You've never posed naked as a child for uh, any album covers for grunge rock bands from Seattle in the early 90s, no? Actually, I did that. Well, I'm sorry. Can't do that. Therefore, loss of earnings. Very weird. But um, here's the thing. The defence had argued Mr. Eldon had enjoyed being the Nirvana baby, noting that he had reenacted the photo in later life. Now, that's a mug off on his part. Um, the parents were paid $200 for the photo in 1991 by what was then a relatively unknown band. Worldwide sales in Nevermind went on to surpass $30 million, making it one of the best-selling albums of all time. That's a great mug off there. Um, and speaking of him reenacting the photo, quite literally... That here is him reenacting the photo, which, by the way, he's a pussy because he's got swim shorts on. If he's going to reenact the photo, he should just be there with his full walt out, just hanging down, recreating the photo. In fact, he's not even recreated the photo. He's just in a swimming pool. There's no dollar bill in the end of a fish hook here. He's not got his dick out. He's just in a swimming pool, swimming. <laughs> um, the baby on the cover of the artwork um, said that this time clothes were involved. He said, this is this is a quote now, I said to the photographer, let's do it naked, but he thought that would be weird, so I wore my swim shorts. So even at that, the guy's like, listen, reenact it, but I want my cock out. But the photographer's like, keep your shorts on. I would have insisted, I'd be like, nah, it's only reenactment if the dick is out. Like, people need to see the Nirvana baby's dick all grown up. Very weird. Um, it's not the first time he's been asked to recreate the image, and he's posed three times before for the album's 10th, 17th, and 20th anniversary. Like, what about I say, I'll put 10, 10 year anniversary, let's recreate that. So, what age was he a baby? So, he's 10. Hmm, that's a bit creepy. Again, unless he's wearing wee swim shorts. You know, even so, a bit weird. 17, or like, would you do it? Maybe that's because he's 18. Maybe that's what it is. He wanted to be a legal age to get his whack, walt out. His whacker, I nearly said. Mate, do you want to get your whacker out in this photo? Spot on. Um, and then for the 20th anniversary. So, yeah. Fuck that guy. He clearly is just, I don't know, maybe having a bad time and decided all of a sudden, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna just wing it. I'm going to just wing it. And that's um, and that's where we're at. But I respect it. You know, I respect that he... Um, I respect that he's had the balls to try and wing that because he's a fucking chancer. But it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Guys, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blast through the questions here and just go home and work on my show that's that I'm practicing tomorrow. Um, Becca has asked the question, would you ever worry that your children would want to take up a creative career like comedy, acting, writing, etc., and when you've seen the difficulties that can come with it, or would you encourage it? You know what? It's like, yeah, fucking right, I would. See if they want if they want to do it, I'll encourage them. No matter what it is they want to do, I'll encourage it. You know, if if it's within reason, you know, if they're like... I want to be, like if they go, Dad, I would like to be a witch doctor. I would go, does it pay the bills? And if they're like, yeah, it's lucrative, I'd be like, oh, fucking work away. You know, let's let's kill our next door neighbour and you can use their body as a coat if that's going to help you earn enough money and be happy. But no, I think, you know, it's weird because I I, I don't want to be a little bitch and moan about it because I'm very lucky that I do earn a living doing this and I do love it for the most part the only bit I don't like is constantly plugging things that's what I don't like I like everything else I love doing stand-up I love the process of writing I love all that I just don't like the whole come to my show please buy my tickets tickets, 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 tickets but I know it's part of it 
I just find it a little bit gross and I just wish I could just go, there's a show on sale and people just sell it out. That's what I would like to happen. But I know it's a struggle. But, you know, if they if, if they love it as much as I love it, I would support them entirely. But also knowing them both, knowing that they're not funny, I'd be like, don't worry about it. Naomi has said, to be fair, I wouldn't be a fan either. Now, this could be anything with her. I think I called her last week a, a recognised creep or something, or a, or an official creep, maybe. Um, my girlfriend of two years told me the music that I play during sex is weird, a major turn-off. Um, okay, this will be a nice time. When I first started having sex, I researched ways in to be better, as I was a little stiff and pretty much had no idea what I was doing. I read online that if you play music and match the rhythm in order, you can do deliver a better deliver a better performance. I searched love making songs and started slowly creating a playlist which I was comfortable matching the rhythm. There are a few songs in my playlist, however, just one particular song that actually happens to be my favorite. And my girlfriend hates. Um, <laughs> I don't understand why it's taken her two years to tell me she hates the song. And um, it's a good love making song with a good rhythm. Um let me I need to find out what this song is. Yeah. What is this song? I've gone on the YouTube here, it's gonna be a mug off here. What's what is the song? For sex. Oh no. Ads on YouTube make me I don't know. Here we go, it's it's building up. Hudson Mohawk is the song that this guy's shagging to. Oh no. <laughs> I mean I mean it sounds like a child's TV show Oh no <laughs> I mean that would, that, that would definitely wouldn't make you feel very sexy um I'll I'll play you the song like uh, that I like to uh um have sex to in terms of rhythm um let me see. Where is it? Um, so yeah, whenever I occasionally make love, this is the song that I like to, you know, keep my beat going to. Yeah, see that pal drum? And then by this stage, the sex is over. Um, yes, yeah, people equal shit by Slipknot. Very, very quick. You know, or the Undertaker's theme song. If I want to flip it the other way, bong, bong, and again over in two dongs, two dongs and two bongs. That's all you need, um, <laughs> for my sex songs. Two dongs and two bongs is all you need for my sex songs. Um, someone write that, please. Ah, uh, Joanna said, "What's the weirdest thing about living in Bangor?" This, like, oh, my nose switchy. I'm going to have a fight with somebody. My wife probably should listen to this episode. Um, What's the weirdest thing about living in Bangor? The fact that, that 
the weirdest thing about living in Bangor is that it's a little secret. Oh, my nose. I got, uh, sorry, it's, it's, oh, it's a mustache hair. It's just curling up into my nose. So anytime I speak, oh, it's tickling me. Right. The weirdest thing about living in Bangor is the fact that not more people live in Bangor because Bangor is brilliant. There you go. That's it. I love Bangor. I love the people. I love most of the people. I love the coastline. I just love, man, I just love the energy. I love the vibe. Um, but what's the anything else weird about Bangor? It's not really that weird. It's just great. What do you, what do you think? Let me let me pose a question to you. I want to know, Joanne, in your opinion, what is the weirdest thing about living in Bangor? Please let me know. Probably that it's a city now. To be fair, um, Ashley has said, "What do you think Boris will do for his leaving party this week?" Whatever. Probably cat. He'll do cat off the chancellor's box. And I mean, like you know, the box that the fucking budgets kept in, not the vagina of the Chancellor, because I believe the Chancellor's a dude. But not to say he doesn't have a fanny, who knows? He's a Tory. Probably his pussy on him for sure. Um, Jack has said, Arsenal to win the league, or will they flop? Yeah, they got mugged today, but fucking dirty United bastards. VAR, cheating, scumbag. <sighs> but no, I mean, I don't think they'll win the league. I don't. I think Man City will win the league comfortably, but I think Arsenal will... Hopefully contest the top four because I would love us to be in the Champions League again next year. Patrick, ending on this note, has said, No question, but wanted to remind you that you're achieving things you and many others dream, or you and many others dream of in a nine to five, and you should be extremely proud. I appreciate that. Um, your girls and wife must surely be. I mean, not entirely, you know. My, my girls don't really know what I do. That's the funny thing. They're like, my mommy's a nurse. And they're like, what's your dad do? He leaves the house when I go to bed. It's like, oh, your dad just is, you know, a gigolo, I guess. Or some, your, your dad's a prostitute. Which, in some regards, I am. But instead of... I mean, I, literally, I am offering people good times for money. So, yeah, I'm, I am a prostitute. I'm a mirth prostitute. Um... But it must be stressful and draining at times, but nothing worth having comes easy. Keep your head up and remember how far you've come. Patrick, yes, what a way to end this week's podcast. It was a bit different this week. Again, I'm far too hot the whole way through it, but listen, that's life. Um, And maybe in the next couple of weeks, I'll just do a topless podcast or a bottomless podcast or a naked podcast and just stick straight up on Patreon. Guys. I hope you have a good week. Thank yous again for listening. I do appreciate it. You know, I do appreciate when people listen to the podcast. I do appreciate when people share it out there. I do appreciate it when, when you know, I, I still know that when times are tough, people are out there and, and they like this this thing that we do. You know, it's, it's cool to me to know that people are listening to this. And I hope it brings you some joy because I know having you guys brings me joy. Please rate and review the podcast on Spotify or Apple. Got one this week. New review. Forgot to read it. We'll read it next week. Guys, take care of yourselves. I love yous. Until next week. Au revoir. I'm the slack guy.